Before we dive into our episode with Luca McCabe of Boob to Food, I wanted to let you know that the wait list for my marketing playbook is now open. This small business marketing course will give you everything you need to build your audience, create a repeatable marketing system and get more customers. We will help you with your website design, with your branding, with your email marketing, your social media, your Facebook ads, and building that community so that you've got people who love what you do and want to buy from you. To join the waitlist or to just see a little bit more about what's involved in the course, head on over to mymarketingplaybook.com forward slash course, and you'll find everything you need and the next steps for you to take. Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can create an amazing business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Hello and welcome back to My Business Playbook. Thank you for joining us today. Now, today I'm talking with the wonderful Luca McCabe of Boob to Food. And what Luca does with Boob to Food is she provides ideas to help guide, inspire and nourish mums and their babies on their journey from Boob to Food. Luca launched Boob to Food in 2018 and At the time of this recording, she has now grown to over 89,000 followers on Instagram alone. Since then, Luca has now launched a book, Milk to Meals, and we'll talk about that more in the show. She's a mum of two, soon to be three, a registered nurse and midwife, a birth and parenting educator, and a certified nutrition consultant who specializes in postpartum and baby's nutrition. Talk about a resume. Now, today we're going to be talking about how Luca has built her following, how she monetizes her online audience and brand, and how she creates educational, engaging content, all the while juggling mum life in it all. I know you're going to love this conversation, so let's dive straight in to my chat with Luca McCabe of Boob to Food. Thank you, Luca, for joining us. We are so glad that you are here. Thank you for joining me in my kitchen. It's good to have you here in my home. I thought we'd just start by talking about how you actually started Boob to Food, actually maybe telling us what you do and how you came to launch this business. Well, thanks for having me in your dining room. (laughs) Um, It's nice to be away from my kids for an hour, that witching hour, so my pleasure. (laughs) So Boob to Food was, is an Instagram account that I created after I had my daughter Florence. So she's my second child. Um, and that was about two years ago now. And I just started it for fun, I guess, um, and just to ed- start educating some people. But I didn't really have any aspirations or intentions with it. It was just, I don't know, something on the side. Uh, and I've always been interested in nutrition. So it was focused on Uh, baby nutrition and starting solids the right way and basically why I started it was that for the second time around so it happened with my son as well who's now five um, that I was told the wrong outdated information by the GP and the practice health nurse about when to start solids and their advice on what to start just didn't sit right with what I thought 
you know, align with my values and, and, and some, I guess, alternative readings that I had been doing. And so I basically just started this account as a way of diaring. Is that a word? Diaring? I, yeah, diarizing. Diar- <laughs> no. Journaling? That's probably better. Journaling, yes. <laughs> diaring um, my, my daughter's eating journey. And then I've always been quite into education um, and providing education. My background is I'm a midwife and a a registered nurse as well and so I guess I also not only was showing what she was eating but I was providing why the education why and I guess at the time there was not really anything out there like that there was a couple of accounts maybe but not really and then it just grew really rapidly surprisingly which is good but yeah it took me by surprise and then that's how Boop to Food was created so it was definitely not intended to be a business at all but somehow it somehow is now. <laughs> and it's crazy. And, you know, you've got tens of thousands of followers on your Instagram, your email list. You, you've got all of these people who just love what you do and, you know, you've created this beautiful community of people. But at what point did you kind of realise, oh, like this was a hobby side hustle thing and actually this is a viable business? Was there a turning point where you went, oh, my gosh, actually this could be a real kind of business to be honest I still can't even see it as a business I have an ABN does that mean it's a business yes Um, (laughs) you're on a business podcast so (laughs) there we go funny to me (laughs) yeah to be honest I still don't see it as a business but I guess that's a good thing it to me it's still a passion and like a hobby I I have another job it's just like a bit of a side hustle but it's getting busier and busier and busier as time goes on and I guess I'm in that point now I'm like I could make it a much more viable business if I wanted to, but, you know, how much do I actually want to work is where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. But um, I guess when I thought I could maybe make some money from this is I guess when I think maybe I hit like 10,000 followers maybe and it was just getting busier and harder to reply to everybody uh, and then I thought, oh, I could start charging for some of these things that I was doing because obviously once you hit about 10,000 followers, you know, you can start doing some advertising and stuff. But I didn't want to go down that route of creating like the typical, you know, your Instagram becoming an advertisement for brands and things that for me just didn't align with the values. And, and I, I was like, people aren't following me for that. And so I didn't want to create that. So then I created a website and then I asked the brands who I did love and had been using and had been promoting for free, you know, for about a year, if they would like to uh, sponsor to be on the website as part of a products I love page. So instead of me promoting it on Instagram all the time, it was on the website. And so that's how I first made money from Instagram, I guess, or from this business in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. And then... Yeah, from there, I guess, you know, it just grew and I barely charged anyone anything because, you know, I didn't think it had that much value, but it obviously did. And then some brands provided me with like affiliate codes and you kind of, I started making an income through that. And then I finished my nutrition study. So then I was able to start providing consultations and then I started providing consults for babies. And then that got so out of hand <laughs> and way too busy. I was, I'm still booked out for a month. I'm always booked out for a, at least a month. Crazy. Um, so then I had to hire someone. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm hiring someone. Uh, Luca, I think that means you run a business. 
I think officially you definitely run a business. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't realise you had such a long wait list for your yeah. consulting. I mean, but this is the thing. I don't want to work that much. I have two little kids, Yeah, another one on the way. I'm like, I, I did this. I guess I wanted to leave midwifery to a degree. I still do some midwifery shifts, but I don't want to work full time. Like I could if I wanted to, I think, but I don't want to. That's the goal of having my own business wasn't to wasn't to work full time. It was to be flexible and to have time with the kids and to not have to ship them off to daycare. And totally. so I'm still a full time mum. I have my kids. Like I have my daughter six days a week. She goes to care one day. My son's in preschool a couple of days, but. Other than that, yeah, my my work is scheduled very much around them. Yeah. And so that's why I, I got quite burnt out with the consults. I was doing them in every single nap time and then when they went to bed and I started getting really burnt out by it. I was I was only doing maybe like 12 a week but whilst being a full-time mum and then doing a midwifery shift a week or so, I was getting, yeah, and full on. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And like your stories of getting in the car and driving to a, you know, Bar Beach car park to do your consults. My consults, yeah. It's crazy, like just just to keep up with the demand that was there. Yeah. And then I thought I should hire someone because the demand's here. And the problem was I couldn't – not everyone can wait. A lot of the, the consults that I deal with are babies with constipation or, you know, eczema and things that are a bit more pressing and you can't say, oh, you know, I'll talk to you in a month about your baby's constipation. Yeah, totally. So I needed someone – I needed some available appointments earlier. So it was really good to hire somebody and um, it's been like the biggest burn and taken off of me. Yeah. And it's allowed me to to free me up to do other things in the business too, which is good. And yeah. so what role is that latest person that you've hired? What Do they do some of the consults? They for do you? the consults, yeah. So they, they basically just contract to me and um, I take a percentage, I guess like a – booking fee they do the consults and just invoice me awesome. every month yeah so it's so good so like the clients can book with either of us um this lady who I hired she did the same nutrition course as me so great I knew that we were very aligned with what we were saying to people totally um, yeah so it's been like the best decision I ever made <laughs> yeah that's great yeah and I love that you're already thinking ahead going actually I don't necessarily want to trade my time for money, mm. especially when your your goal is is to build a community of like one to many. And mm. you know, I'd love to talk to you about your book and what like milk to meals and how that all has played out. And I just think what you've created is so beautiful, and you've built such a beautiful community. And I love um, before we get to milk to meals because I do mm. want to talk about that. <laughs> I love that you have really stuck to your guns on the no influencer thing. Mm. Not to, you know, not to say anything negative about influencers, but I love that you realised that's actually not the avenue you want to go down and that's not the avenue that your audience mm. need from you. Yeah. And and I guess as well that kind of meant that maybe there was a missed opportunity for making more money with the mm. influencer route. But longer term, it's played out so well for you because you're now going, I've got this community of people who really trust yeah. what I say and who I recommend. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's definitely been some big offers that were hard to turn down but just couldn't do it. Yeah, Totally, totally. Yeah. So talk to me about Milk to Meals. What is involved? How do people get it? Like 
Talk to me about the journey of, of how you've actually created it. When did we go? Just over a year ago, we, we traveled around Australia in a caravan. So I, I wasn't doing consults at this time, but I was, guess I was just still building up the Instagram and just providing content and, you know, building that community. And then I decided to write a book. thought it'd be a good idea <laughs> at the time. And because we had a lot of free time, we were traveling in caravans. So we were gone for eight months all up. And basically in the afternoons, I would just start typing up this book. And I just thought, you know, there was no book like it. I basically just wanted my Instagram account to be translated really into a book in terms of, you know, the kinds of things I was promoting. And then I also wanted so the education and I wanted the recipes to follow it. And so I guess my point of difference is that I don't focus just on foods that babies can pick up or hold or the very advertised and manufactured kinds of foods. It was all about actually nurturing your baby's digestive system and their gut and providing the best start to solids that you can, but also in a realistic way, not, you know, some of the books I read were amazing, but just so unachievable. And so I wanted an achievable book for, for parents and so, yeah, I just started writing this book and then I realized I lived in a caravan, so food photography was not going to play out on my little <laughs> melamine plate. Um, and so I enlisted the help of an amazing food photographer who ended up coming up with a lot of the recipes as well, so that was amazing. And then it got to the point, I guess it was quite advanced, and so uh, the lady I studied with has come under as a co-author, Carly, um, and so she's amazing because she's provided the book with lots of credibility, I guess, yeah. because it did get quite in depth <laughs> with the nutrition advice. And I'm a nutrition consultant, but not a nutritionist, which she is. So a bit of a difference there in the good four years of uni. So yeah. she was amazing, went through it with a fine tooth comb and then, yeah, decided to self-publish. That was a, <laughs> that's been a massive journey. I feel like I've learned a whole new degree and <laughs> Just, yeah, there was just so much to learn, like from print, getting it printed, to working out how to ship the book, to working out how to market the book, to working out how to pack the book. Now I've somehow got to pack 4,000 books somehow. Don't know how I'm gonna, where I'm going to put them. I live in a tiny house. Totally. <laughs> My husband's freaking out a bit that the foundation of the house is going to break because <laughs> it's like five tons of books coming. Well, um, five tons? Yeah, it's five tons. So wow. he's like, he's a builder, so he's like, I don't know if the house can hold it. <laughs> anyway, it's been a journey, but yeah, the pre-order went well. Thanks yeah. to you guys as well for um. Or well, does everyone know that you have Lala? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Laura and Nate, um, her husband, really helped me market the book, which was amazing. Taught me how to email market. Well, actually, I still don't really know how to do it, but um, <laughs> outsource. <laughs> I outsourced email marketing. Yes. And yeah, here we are now. It's all done, but I'm just waiting for it to get back from the printer. Crazy. So yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Wow. And so Milk to Meals was like a huge success. And I remember as like, because we were helping you with the email marketing side and, you know, some of the Facebook ads. Yes. Nath and I were at a wedding and Nath saw it, it went live and his phone... (laughs) Because he he had your like your notifications coming through on his phone, and he was at the wedding going, Laura, like, and I was like, what are you doing? Stop talking to me. We're at a wedding. Like, relax. And he's like, just look at Lucas' things. Like, it's crazy. So it was so cool 
I think to, he was more excited than I was. He was. He kept messaging me. I was like, I'm not looking. I'm too nervous. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you've worked for, how long yeah. do you think it took to kind of write uh, the book? Writing and getting it all ready. It was, it was a good year. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Like the design of it's beautiful. It, it's like, I mean, I don't even have kids, but I'm like, I kind of want it because it's a beautiful coffee table. That, that was book. the aim. <laughs> yes. It's, it's beautiful. So we'll have to thank my graphic designer for that. She has done it. I have no job. idea how to do that, but Steph, she was amazing. She, yeah, she did such Definitely a good job. Definitely brought it to life. Yeah. I just had a work doc, word document. Very oh boring gosh. word document. <laughs> yes. But how cool that you you could pick people who could understand mm. the vision and, and really help you to create the vision. I think that's it's also rare to find that yeah. as well. And I was really passionate about everyone being um, within Australia as well. So that was a big, I don't know, I mean, for me it was a good business decision if you talk to a business person, they probably would disagree. Money-wise, printing in Australia is like six times more expensive per book. So, however, to me, it was really important and I wanted to make sure it was produced ethically and I just couldn't – when I can't see it being made overseas, I just – you know, you can't guarantee something's being made ethically. So, to yeah. me, that was a really big and, – and then also – um, the printers I chose are a print green facility, so they use a little like a lot of recycled paper and inks and things, plant-based inks and things. So that was important to me because I was like, I'm pro- promoting a really holistic lifestyle, and I can't, you know, I felt like it was, would go really against what I promote and believed in if I went the much cheaper option. So totally, yeah. To me, it sits so much better with my ethics and values, and I think I hope that it will you know, my audience would appreciate that as well anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the core values of what you've built with Boob to Food is really evident. And and again, with the influencer route, with how you actually monetize the brand, I think it's really clear that you're there to serve your audience. And I love that. I think it's so, so impressive. Oh, um, so. <laughs> so did you ever have points where in the process of, of writing the book, publishing the book, or even just building boob to food in general, yeah. did you ever think, I can't do this? Yeah, I think that every day, I think. <laughs> you have moments like that every day? Pretty much every day. Yeah. There was definite huge moments. Nothing like pinpointed. It's more just when, you know, like when I was doing all those consults and getting burnt out and I was like, why am I doing this, you know, or... <laughs> Like just trying to imagine what my life was like before it. I'm like, what did I used to do with all my time? Like, you know, things like that. And for sure, like my husband hates Instagram. He doesn't have an Instagram account. He hates social media. And he sees me on my phone all the time, you know, and so then it's caused like way more arguments than I'd like to admit, (laughs) me being on my phone but then I'm just like, it's hard because the only time I can do it is when the kids are in bed because otherwise I'm on my phone all day in front of them, which I don't want to be doing that either. I've definitely gotten better though. Like I've set boundaries and now that I have some child, I had no childcare days for most of boob to food. So it's only been the last couple of months I've had childcare. So now that I do, I can nut out a whole day, like, you know, and do some stuff, whereas before I couldn't. So it's just, you know, anyway. Totally. So there was many times that I'd wanted to give up. Yeah. 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 And and so 
in terms of like in terms of the boundaries, you know, being a, a mum of two and soon to be three, mm. how do you navigate that? And how do you because so much of your business is based on Instagram and you know you get so many DMs you you've got a lot of people who you need to engage with yeah how do you manage that and do you have any tips for anyone who is struggling with that one of the biggest things I did was I turned my notifications off so that when I went on I was present and I'd log on and then I'd log off again so I'm like nothing's pressing enough that it needs to be alerting me all of the time And then, you know, you you start feeling other people's stress because, you know, you want to help everyone. And But then I'm like, I'm neglecting my own kids to help people's kids who I don't even know. I need to set aside just time for that. So anyway, that was a big one, turning notifications off. The consults helped me a lot because I guess guess if you're getting asked the same questions all the time or, you know, questions you think I should be getting paid for this, you need somewhere to, to... Send those send people. those people, yeah. And so now I have somewhere. So before it was like you know I felt like I always had to help people, but it, I guess this is having a nursing background. Like it got to a point where I'm like I can't give half-hearted advice. It's not safe for me to do this. I I can't. I don't know their background. You know, someone will say my baby's low birth weight. I would need this. I'm like I can't help you. I don't know what your version of low birth weight is. You know, yeah. Like what if I'm dealing with a malnourished child here and I don't know that. So. Anyway, so basically having the consults is so good because and now I have the book that I can say, you know, I can give a very overview, very quick answer and then navigate towards that. And whether they want to pay for the service or not is up to them. But I don't feel like I have to provide that information all the time anymore, which is so good. I also do a lot of voice messages. We were talking about this in our webinar. Is that what it was called? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, so you can record on Instagram instead of typing back to people's messages, you can press the little microphone button and you can send voice messages to people. That was so much better. And I feel like people like it because then they know it is like I don't have anyone helping with my DMs, it's just me. And so I feel like people like it, they feel more personal and yeah, they, I don't know, it's quicker for me anyway. So I can quickly do a few. And then the other thing I've just had to let go of is. I can't reply to everyone. Yeah, my inbox always says ninety nine plus. It doesn't go higher than that. It's all. It's just. It never goes down. Doesn't matter how many I answer. So I don't know how many's in there, but I just have to. I do a few. I set aside a bit of time, and then that's it. I can't do any more. And then wow. I just have yeah. to be okay with that. I guess. Yeah. Even though it's hard, I want to reply to everyone. <laughs> totally, but it's it's about you know managing your energy and I guess Mm. as well it's so true that having the consults gives people an avenue to go actually yeah I'm just going to pay for this session because you know I think a lot of people would see the value in that as well yeah and I guess the other thing when you are going to post or even a story because I get so many replies to stories be prepared for the questions like when you're going to post you need to you don't think of posting, you need to think of, okay, when I post, I need to be here for an hour and reply to people because that's how you're going to engage. Otherwise, there's no point posting. Yeah. So whenever I post, I pick a time where I'm actually going to be on my phone for an hour, which is good and bad because now I barely ever post anything. So I need to I need to get better at doing that. Because again. you know there's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, I don't have, I think because I'm pregnant, first trimester, I'm like, like I, I don't have the mental energy <laughs> right back to everyone for an hour. 
but yeah when you do it I guess yeah that's the thing set aside that time don't just post stories all day I mean you can but just be expecting questions all day because people think then that you're there all day yeah totally and lots of people come to me and they're like tell me the exact time of day I should be posting and I'm like oh you've just got to post when you can engage because it's not about Mm. it's actually about starting a conversation and there's no point starting a conversation as you say like posting um polls or questions in your stories yeah if you're not there to respond when someone actually jumps in and says and engages you know it's like starting a conversation with a friend and walking away halfway through you wouldn't do that so I think a lot of people do that on Instagram they forget and you know on social media in general they forget that actually it's about building relationships Mm. so you've got to carve out time when you can do that. And I think you can also train your audience on how to how to engage with you. You know, you can actually we we launch these Canva templates and and we'd get a lot of messages being like, "Oh, like something happened and I've lost my email or something like that." And I was like getting so frustrated because I was like, "We have a support email. You need to go to that support email. Like stop it." But I realized <laughs> that that's what people do that their default is I'm going to direct message you. And so, Mm -hmm. and it's powerful because it means people feel connected to you. People Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, they're kind of on friend level with you, which is awesome. And as a business owner, I'm like, I totally want that. But the flip side is you can get the strangest questions and (laughs) the strangest requests and you kind of have to go, they'll figure it out that they need to email someone or, you know. And the hard thing is they think, you're there all the time because, you know, we have our phones on us all the time. It's very much so not nine to five business anymore, you know. Totally. And I think I, I read recently that the expectation around the expectation around DMs is that you respond within four hours. That's mm-hmm. actually people's – yeah, it was like a survey that said that's actually how the, the amount of time that people expect between sending a message and getting a response. You know, if you get a message at 9 p.m., yeah, like you – you can't you can't just wake up and then be on the back foot by mm. you know responding to people's messages straight away. So it is like you know working out that system. I think yeah. is um, something that takes time. Yeah, for sure. And I guess the good thing is once you get your Instagram to the point of being a business, the Instagram isn't the be all and end all anymore. Like, totally, it's great advertising and everything, obviously, and yeah, community. But yeah. I have to yeah. put my focus in other places now. The next person I hire might have to be a DM manager. <laughs> totally. People have them. I didn't know until the other day. Someone had one. I was like, I need that person. <laughs> <laughs> I need them to manage my DMs. Yeah. And it's hard to because what you do is quite technical. Mm. Um, so they'd need to have an understanding yeah. of, of your industry and, you know, what you offer. Yeah. Let's dive into some practical tips and tricks for people who are starting out. And I know that a lot of people – would want to know a bit about how you launched your book um, and also how you've kind of grown your Instagram. Mm-hmm. But I thought we'd start with Instagram because that's kind of been how you've you've built your business. But I know that you are building other arms of the business and other channels, <laughs> and that's good. I'm glad you're doing that. As your <laughs> marketing friend, I'm glad you're doing that. <laughs> you guys tell me to do that. <laughs> yes, being like, Luca, if Instagram went down, what would happen? I think that's emails. Yeah, emails. <laughs> and I think that's a big thing that people are starting to realize now. Mm. We don't want a big algorithm between us and our 
our customers and our audience. So yeah. building email lists is, is awesome. So I think what's been amazing about your journey is that you kind of, you kind of, it seemed like an overnight kind of in, growth in followers. And I know there was a lot of hard work that went into that. I know that there was a lot of intention around what you did and didn't do, but what do you think has been the key thing that led to that growth? I guess, like I said, there wasn't an account like that out there, otherwise I probably wouldn't have started it. Whereas now there's a lot. (laughs) So there's a point of difference. I think the other thing is too, people have to remember on Instagram is you need a, a reason for people to follow you. Like, yeah. I don't know. I always say this to my husband, like we have a build an account for his building, which I rarely ever post on. I'm like, why would anyone follow that? Like, there's no, you know, you're not providing advice. You, you're not, all it is is a picture of you at work every now and then, like, who cares, you know? Yeah. So you need, you need content that is either, you know, incredible photos that are inspiring people or, you know, you have amazing fashion sense that is inspiring people again or you need to be providing education and I guess not expect anything from it. And so that was what mine was is I had a reason for people to follow me. And I guess to, in in some ways, I guess mine is an easy target market because mums <laughs> crave information. No one knows what they're doing. No one, me included. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're just trying to get every bit of information you can because everyone just wants the best for their baby. And, you know, there's so many different <laughs> avenues of information these days. And Instagram's an easy one because, you know, we're often up all night feeding and just playing on your phone, Instagram, you know. So it's like... It's an easy way of targeting mums for sure. And so I guess my hard thing is I probably have a high turnover of people following. So I have to send, then try and keep, I'm very conscious of keeping my content, you know, not just babies. I'll throw in some toddler stuff and things like that as well. I have toddlers, so it's quite easy for me to go down that way anyway. But, you know, then, then people probably have babies again and then, the cycle continues. So it's totally. keeping everything relevant and thinking who, I guess, keeping your target market as small as possible. I have found personally, like you want to target just the people who you want to target and who are going to engage. There's no point me trying to, you know, target 50 year old people or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people with teenagers because they're just not going to care. <laughs> so, totally. And yeah. you've really nailed your niche. And I think like, I feel like you were the one of, one of the first, at least within our kind of Instagram world here in Australia <laughs> who did really nail that the voice the the vibe Thanks. of it <laughs> and the photography and obviously the education piece as well and I think that's why people loved it so much because it was this whole package it wasn't just heavy education without a mix of the emotive yeah you definitely need to throw yourself in there as awkward as it is yeah, totally. So you They need a face. You need a face to the name. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And that's what will get people to engage and trust you, I suppose, if they know who you are. If yeah. no one knows who you are, then they won't. So I do show I mean, I think the other thing too is I see some accounts and, you know, they're lovely, but they show so much of their personal life and I'm like, Well, people aren't following you for you. And so I have to remember that too, you know, I cringe at that influencer word and stuff because I'm like, no, no one cares about me. Like, they, you know, my face in there occasionally is fine, you know, and I can show when I'm feeding the kids, but no one cares what I'm doing in the day. And so, you know, having a personal account is good too because 
then then people follow you for the things that you do and then they care about you but keeping business and personal separate to a degree I think can also be really good yeah I think just sharing little bits (laughs) it's such a fine line isn't it because people want people are connecting with you Mm. but as you say if you're grabbing coffee and take an Instagram of your coffee cup maybe people are like I don't really I'm here for the yeah that's right <laughs> I'm here yeah. for the tips you know yeah people don't want to see me at a friend's birthday party or something you know what I mean like it, you've got to choose what goes onto that account and make it relevant to that account totally yeah and I think again that just comes back to the thing of you know knowing your audience and serving your audience yeah, because right. you know what content they're actually going to engage with which actually brings me to my next question how do you actually know what content to create for your audience a lot of the time I just think of uh, like I'll get a lot of direct messages and I might get very similar questions so I have a little notes folder in my notes no notes folder in my notes (laughs) in my phone and I just write down some things occasionally and then I might make a post out of that so what people are actually asking me for Sometimes it's just something like a friend has said to me and I'll think, oh, I might do a post on that. Sometimes I just remember something that, you know, that I struggled with when I had kids. I don't know. I don't think it at all. I literally think of the post that day and write it that day. That's one thing I want to get better at is pre-planning because I'm not very good at that. But it is kind of good because it's always spontaneous. I feel like it's a bit more creative in some ways. Totally. And I guess that comes back to that, you know, that authenticity thing yeah it feels like this is something I want to say today yeah that's right yeah but then the frequently asked questions is usually the best if if people are struggling with uh, like ask your audience sometimes I'm really stuck because I don't have babies anymore so I'm like oh my gosh I don't know what to talk about today and I guess because I've had the account for a couple of years I'm like I already talked about that but then I have to remind myself then people probably didn't follow me that long ago. So you can recycle content too, you know. Absolutely. So every now and then I'll just go back and think, oh, that was all right. And, you know, I'll reword it, put a new photo on it and then use that same information. Now it's good because I can pull little bits out of my book, you know, to use for content. So I'll do that occasionally, like throw a recipe in there or something that's made life a bit easier. But, yeah, and then I, I just if I'm really stuck, I'll just put on my stories like, you know, ask me a question what do you want to know and then I kind of just filter through and something will grab my attention and I'll write about that yeah great so you're doing you're doing the design of the tiles as well as you the, are. I use your Canva the, <laughs> <laughs> but you use Canva oh, yes I use Canva so you're Canva doing Canva Pro Canva Pro yeah and you've got your your just brand colors that you've yeah so I paid a designer to get branding done which was really a good move, I think. I think, it, I guess, from a, a few reasons. One, it makes you look a bit more professional. And two, it makes you stand out. So people know what my colours are now. So I guess that you're not as lost in the feed. Yeah, So and it does make life easier too because you can just, on Canva Pro, you can just save your fonts and your colours. So creating a tile takes me two seconds now Yeah, with your your things your templates (laughs) just remove your face and put mine yeah exactly drag your face in there that's perfect (laughs) but yeah it's mine is so simple like they're not design worthy at all but they you can tell they're mine and I think that's the and then I'll just throw random like 
you know, every now and then I'll repost someone's photo, which is a good way of getting engagement because usually you'll try and find someone with more followers than you or maybe similar target market who maybe will repost that. And so that's a good way of getting, you know, a few more followers as well. So yeah, I'm very strategic with whose photos I repost. Yeah, that's a really good thought. Yeah. So you're thinking about their followers and and their audience. Yeah. So if I repost someone, someone else's photo, it's this is quite calculated in my head. It's not just oh that's nice I'll repost that. It's you know who's following them and do I want them to follow me? You know sometimes they don't follow me and I'm like well they've just had a baby they've got a lot of followers. You know. They have a lot of mums that follow them. I want them to follow me. And so if you repost their photo and obviously you give them credit and tag them and everything, then you're on their radar as well, which is good. So then they might follow you and then they might repost something of yours. It might not be that photo, but something one day. And then that's kind of how it snowballs, I guess. So I do that strategically. (laughs) Totally. I love that you're doing that in a really organic way as well. Do you have any strategy for how you find people to collaborate with, like how you, have you approached brands for the affiliate marketing stuff or has that mostly been through relationship? Well, when I did that products I love page, I approached all of the brands. So I wrote an email. It was a really in-depth email, had like my stats on it, what I was going to give them, what I wanted in return. Some brands um, I charged more because I was going to promote more than one product. And then I asked all the brands if they wanted to provide me with a discount code so that they could track the sales. So I don't make anything from the discount code, but then they can see if their investment's worth it. Great. Because whoever uses that code, then they'll get, you know, uh, an idea of who's found them through me. And so it turned out to be so successful that quite a lot of the brands have now asked me to partner monthly with them and you know I haven't asked them that I was happy with my one little annual fee but it's been good to now partner with some of the bigger brands and they are genuinely brands I've used for years and would have supported for free anyway but it's nice to get some income from it for sure yeah totally yeah and that's just because that those affiliate codes were so popular and then there are some brands like I said that they didn't want to pay an annual fee they wanted to just give me the percentage of what that affiliate code was worth and so that's fine and but to be honest they would have saved a lot of money if they did it the other way around <laughs> because wow. you know it ended up the the my page had grown from then ten thousand to nearly I don't know what I'm up to seventy thousand or something in that time so like you know they were investing in a ten thousand K audience and now it's the same year and it's up to that seventy thousand. So yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, that totally <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so I've, I've made more from doing that affiliate code thing, which is good for me. But yeah. now I've got to work out what to do next year. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm trying to play that one by you. Yeah, so... Because it was an annual fee, but obviously it will go up now a bit or I'll do something else. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, cool. And so a lot of our community are small business owners and entrepreneurs a lot of our community are women in business who are juggling all of the things Mm -hmm. what would be your biggest piece of advice to someone who's starting out who has an idea or who you know wants to build something from scratch I think just do it and I guess if you have the luxury 
try not to put any pressure on yourself. Like just do it for the joy of doing it and see what comes from it. However, I can say that from a place of privilege because I'm not the breadwinner my husband is. So to me, to him, it doesn't matter if I work or not. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's nice, the income, but we're not relying on my income to provide money for the house. So, you know, I can say that from that point. So it yeah. would be a very different, it would be harder. What did Jesse do when Boob to Food started making money? Oh, to be honest, he's still... <laughs> He has no idea, I don't think, what I do. He just <laughs> he's, he's happy with the book because that was a good chunk of money, but the rest, I guess, is just an income. He says, oh, it's good, but, you know. He he wants me to be a stay-at-home mum and look after the kids. Like that's what he wants for me, whereas I am more of a driven person and whilst I love doing that, my brain goes a little bit nutty if that's all that I do, and that's just me personally. Yeah. And so I need some kind of other outlet. Even before I had kids, I said I can't be a stay-at-home mum, but I do love being a stay-at-home mum, but there's definitely I do like doing something else and having something to focus my brain on for sure and feeling, I don't know, like someone that's not just a mum. Yeah. And so whilst my husband likes that I make an income, he wouldn't care also if I didn't, I don't think. We would so, just live with less and make do, but he'd yeah. be happy that I was just a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, which is so nice. yeah, which is beautiful. And but yeah. I guess that's cool that you started the business not from this thing of this needs to support me, my family. It's more yeah. of a hobby and something that's an outlet for you. Yeah, and it's turned into this. So I guess you know, for some people that hope maybe they could keep their job and. And then just have this as a side hobby. And then as it gets bigger, just or get, like what I've done, like I, I did quit my midwifery job. So I was working two to three days a week and then I quit and now I'm just casual, which is great. I like still doing it, but I don't need to do it anymore. And so, you know, organically I could leave that job. So maybe for some people they could do that. But for some people they're better off to put it all in and see how they go. So it's hard for yeah. me to say, but I think just do it and see how you go and what's the worst that can happen. I don't know. It's, it's so true. So true. And I think yeah. starting lean is so good. The way that you started yeah. with just going, okay, let's do the bare bones. Let's just start with an Instagram and provide value to our audience. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, when looking back, if I knew I was going to get this to this point like it would have been great to start email marketing for example a long time ago or you know have some kind of backbone <laughs> structure whereas mine was like whoa it took off and then had to it's like you're building like, a house run halfway like through. <laughs> run like race runner to catch up with you know the momentum that and I'm like I need something to offer these people you know so I had to you know quickly come up with things and it's like kind of would have been nice maybe to have something to offer beforehand but then in the other hand you know, now that I have something to offer, I have a big audience to market it to. So either way works well, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I guess my other bit of advice would be, we were talking about this before, outsourcing what you're not good at. Like I am hopeless at graphic design. There's no point in me trying to do it. I'm not creative. It would look horrible. So for me, it's, and, and it would take so long, Seriously. so long. Or like email marketing, why can't my brain just, I can't quite work it out. And so for me, I'd rather outsource it and pay and then me do consults, something I'm better at, you know, totally. make the money and then, yeah, rather than stress and work out for three hours how to turn a program on, you know, and just waste time. So I think that 
outsourcing things that you either just don't want to do or just aren't good at if you can I mean at the beginning you might have to try and just scramble through everything obviously but as you get more successful try not to think that you have to do it all because then it frees you up to do things that you are going to better your business I guess you know in the longer run like make the new project or you know all the behind the scenes stuff that no one ever talks about yeah so good (laughs) and so what is next for boob to food what's your next big project I mean you're having you're gonna have another baby (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't know I need to ship these books (laughs) anyone wants to come help me (laughs) I worked out I've got to ship one book every 30 seconds 10 hours a day for two weeks to get them gone it's just crazy hey and somehow be a mum anyway so we'll work can you outsource that (laughs) I'm gonna try (laughs) I outsourced a little um high schooler to write all my thank you cards the other day because I was like I wrote about 100 it took me over an hour I thought I've got to do 4,000 of these so I'm paying her a couple hundred dollars and she's writing them all for me I was stoked that's amazing (laughs) that's so good yeah but um I don't know the I'm hoping the the plan will be we're building a house at the moment too so the plan would be once we're into that house I'll have some room hopefully to put the books because we'll actually have a garage and so then I can hopefully just have a continual stock of the books so that I can actually go on maternity leave but keep the business somewhat going because I I want to take it some time off I'll still do Instagram posts and stuff but I don't want to be doing consults and you know other things so hopefully that'll be the plan and then I don't know. I was talking to you about it the other day. Maybe doing some kind of like online course when this next baby starts solids, maybe. Yeah, because that I can, would be amazing. I can film it, doing it, maybe. We'll In see. In a beautiful new home. We'll see. I'm not sure. I love it. My brain's still very um, frazzled by the book. So <laughs> yeah, you're still coming down. I'm from still the book. coming down. Yes. I haven't even finished it yet. I'm going to pack it and then I can come down and then. Yeah, we'll think of the next thing after that. But Amazing. I guess you always have to be thinking of the next thing. That's for sure. And things don't take overnight like people think. You know, it is like a year in progress to make something a lot of the time. So you do have to always have something in the mind, I guess. I did toy with another book maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe. For toddlers. I love it. That's At least so now cool. I know like how to make a book. Totally. I've done all the hard – that was the hard bit. It was like – the writing the book didn't take that long, like, you know, a few months, but that came easy because it was just coming from my brain and I just wrote it. But learning how to, you know. How the production of the book yeah. goes, how to All ship the that. book, yeah, print totally. the book. Yeah, Even like, you know, finding, like you said, the right people. Like whereas now I'm like, I was so happy with everyone. I just picked the same people again and it would be a lot easier of a process for sure. So maybe even that one day. We'll see. I love it. We'll see. That would be amazing. <laughs> Don't hold me to it. Now, where can people find you on the interwebs? My account is at boob to food on Instagram. And then my website's www.boobtofood.com. And then I have my book website, which is www.milktomeals.com. Love it. And then that's about it. I have Facebook, but I don't really go on that. Yeah. (laughs) It's too much. Facebook, who needs it? I love it. So we'll put all the links to your website, book, all of the things to your Instagram in the show notes. But I have one final question. 
Yes. And it's probably the most important question of the episode. Liam Hemsworth or Chris Hemsworth? Chris. Oh! <laughs> you seem shocked. Are quick... you Liam? No, Chris I'm Chris. Chris all the way. I'm Chris all the way. But I, that was a really quick response. Do you ask response. the men this question? No, I don't. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I don't ask the men these questions. I ask them something different, but it's not, it's not like, you know, Scarlett Johansson or someone else. It's like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. It's definitely Chris. I agree. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay, but I'm glad Got we the agree. Body. I'm glad we agree on that. Yeah. But Liam Hemsworth was pretty good in um, Hunger Games. No, definitely Chris. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you are amazing. Chris. Make sure if you're listening to check out Luca on Instagram at boob to food And thank you for joining me. Thank you. I'll go home to my screaming kids. Yes. Bye. <laughs> So there you have it. That is the play-by-play for this week. I love how real and authentic Luca is. She's really talented, but also very, very humble. And it's been a pleasure watching her grow her business and her brand in the way that she has. Now, if you want to continue the conversation or the party, then head on over to our Facebook group. All you need to do is search My Business Playbook. I will be in there. My team will be in there. And a bunch of other listeners are in there too. And we'd love to chat with you and connect with you more. Now, if you're looking for any of the links that we mentioned today, as always, head on over to our show notes and you'll find everything you need right there. Music from this episode is by Jake Scott. You can listen to him on Spotify and Apple Music. As always, thank you so much for listening to My Business Playbook. Thank you for sharing the episodes. Thank you for giving us reviews and and just being wonderful and kind. I'll catch you next week. Same time, same place. Go get them. Mm